I'm joined by Joe, President and CEO of San Francisco Travel Association, who will be sharing his personal insights to San Francisco, hidden secrets, why it's a great gateway to explore California, and some great recommendations for traveling beyond San Francisco. So um, to start off with, Joe, could you just give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, what your role entails, how long you've lived in the San Francisco area, and one thing about San Francisco that you really love? Well, that's a big question, Matthew, but I'm um, happy to happy to answer it. So, first of all, um, how long I've been in San Francisco? Um, my grandparents actually immigrated to San Francisco um, from Italy in 1910. So, my family's been here in the area for a long time. Um, I lived in various parts of the United States and, and in Europe, and um, I've been back about uh, 14 years now um, with the San Francisco Travel Association. We are the official. Destination marketing organization for San Francisco. We're responsible for promoting San Francisco around the world for meetings, conventions, leisure travel, special events, all of those kinds of activities. And um, and I'm just thrilled to be in San Francisco. It's really always been one of my very favorite places uh, in the world. And to be able to uh, tell the story about San Francisco um, to a global audience is really uh, really something that I have great pride. So we really do have one of the best people to be talking about San Francisco on this podcast. So thank you very much for joining us. And w- some people may know San Francisco, especially if they've uh, potentially seen it in movies, if they haven't been fortunate enough to visit for themselves, they'll know hopefully about the Golden Gate Bridge, um, Alcatraz Island. Can you just give us a description about what San Francisco is famous for and what people can really go out and enjoy once they visit? Well, you know, there's a, there's a number of things we're famous for. And, um, and a lot of those are are depicted in films, uh, you know, historic films like uh, Vertigo, Hitchcock's Vertigo, to films that are happening today. In fact, a number of films are being filmed in, in San Francisco as we speak. Um, I think one of the things that really stro- strikes most visitors about San Francisco is the incredible setting and the natural beauty. Um, we're surrounded by water on, on, on three sides. We're on the tip of the peninsula, the Pacific Ocean to the west, the San Francisco Bay to the north and the east, and it's full of hills and mountains throughout the area. And the city itself rests on a bunch of hills and mountains. So the, the setting and the natural beauty is really incredible. We have so much ability to access nature. Um, we have the largest urban park in the United States, Golden Gate Park. We also have the most visited national park in, in the United States, which is uh, Golden Gate uh, National Recreation Area, uh, which is interesting because that's in the city. Um, so you have the opportunity to not only experience some uh, urban activities and the great neighborhoods and food and, and arts and culture, but you have this incredible uh, ability to experience the great outdoors. Talking about films, if you saw um, Planet of the Apes, and remember when they go across the, the Golden Gate Bridge and they went and ultimately lived in the Redwoods, that is 15-minute drive from the Golden Gate Bridge. So you can actually go to ancient Redwoods 15 minutes just north of the city. So the ability to access nature and an urban environment is really unique in the world. And I think that's one of the most um, beautiful things about San Francisco and one of the things that visitors to the city really, really enjoy. No, I was going to bring up the Redwoods because it was definitely something I want to go and explore. And like I said, it's so close to the city. So although you've got this great big, you know, metropolitan area, within 15 minutes, you can be out with nature. And I think at the moment, especially being in the UK where we're in lockdown, um, potentially coming out of it, being able to get outdoors is a massive thing. So I think that's a bit great topic to, to bring up. And you mentioned the food scene. Um, but one of the other things I, I, I know San Francisco famous for for myself is like the cable cars and Alcatraz Islands. And, and 
I'd love to go out and see Alcatraz Islands and uh, and really get to grips with that. But do you have any San Francisco lesser known treasures that people can explore when they're out in the destination? Well, you know, one of the things I always recommend people to do, um, especially for their very first trip to San Francisco, is to go up to this place called Twin Peaks. It's one of the highest points of the city, very easily accessible. But at the top of the city, you basically can see a 360-degree view of the city from the Pacific Ocean to the Bay, to downtown, to the neighborhoods, to the Golden Gate Bridge, the Bay Bridge, um, to Alcatraz. Um, and you can see the whole city beneath your feet. And it's really an inspiring view. And it really helps to set the tone for your trip to San Francisco. And so I think that that is something that a lot of people don't know about. But it's really, I think, one of the highlights for, for what people can do. And, 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 and to really get oriented for what the city is all about and the layout of the city, the hills, the waters, the mountains. And then you get down and explore the city in depth after that. So I think that's something that people should always do when they first come to the city, orient themselves like that and really get a feel for what the city is all about. Is it a great destination for everyone from from what I can see? Uh, is that true? So from families to couples to single travelers, uh, there's, it seems like there might be a neighborhood for uh, for everyone. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Uh, no matter kind of what you're interested in, um, there is something for you in San Francisco. So we find that people, whether they're single travelers or families, um, there's you know two uh, uh, big theme parks in the in the Bay Area that people can go to. There's Pier 39, right in the heart of the city that, that kids and families love, Fisherman's Wharf. But there's also great dining through there for, with, with a couple, um, that's some incredible. In fact, San Francisco has more three-star Michelin restaurants than any other city in the Americas and all of the Americas, which is pretty stunning. Our, our food scene is, is really, uh, really amazing. And, and so much of it is because we have this kind of farm to table existence. So, so much food is grown around the Bay Area. Uh, fish is caught around the Bay Area. Um, we have a year-round climate that has been able to produce that. And, of course, the wine country is just a, a less than an hour north, Napa and Sonoma. And um, so the experience in the culinary thing is something I think that people really love and they really uh, search out when they come to San Francisco. So I really do believe that um, no matter who you are, San Francisco and the Bay Area has something for all tastes and, and all people. And uh, for listeners that, that listen to the travel podcast often know that we all are big fans of our food so if i was coming out could you give me three recommendations of different budgets so maybe from a three-star michelin to street food and something in between even if it's your own personal recommendations of where to eat well that's a, that's a hard one because um one of the joys about living in san francisco is the ability to go out and eat somewhere different all the time um so i'll give you a few concepts so one, I think, is, is a great thing from the Mission, which is the um, the Latino neighborhood of San Francisco. It's very famous for the taquerias there, where you can get this great uh, tacos and burritos, um, Mexican food. You can get it on the street. You can get it at uh, restaurants. Um, very inexpensive. There's a ton of restaurants to go to. That's a, that's a kind of a, uh, a mission that a lot of people have when they come to San Francisco, is to go there and search out their best burrito or their best taco. That's one thing I would really recommend. I'm a little prejudiced about um, Italian food. Um, so the Italian neighborhood in San Francisco in North Beach, uh, which is right adjacent to Fisherman's Wharf, where a lot of the Italian fishermen uh, went out and brought the food in, has a number of great restaurants where you can eat outdoors. In fact, we're here in the middle of February, and you can eat outdoors um, uh, now and, and have a really uh, mild climate, which is a great opportunity. So 
I would search that out. And then the, the third area I would go to is um, Chinatown. And that is just adjacent to uh, North Beach, the Italian neighborhood. It's literally connected. And it's a 10-minute walk between one to the other. And there are some great restaurants in Chinatown. Um, a one concept to give you an idea is called China Line, which has a number of different things in it um, and different types of restaurants and bars and shops. Um, but Chinatown is the largest uh, Chinatown outside of China. And, um, and it's also one of the oldest. So it's a great experience. And there's just so many different opportunities. And it's, what's really important about San Francisco, too, is it's so incredibly walkable. In fact, we really recommend that people walk when they come to San Francisco. And to go to all a lot of these neighborhoods that I talked to, from Fisherman's Wharf to uh, North Beach to Chinatown, is a 15-minute walk from neighborhood to neighborhood to neighborhood. And the environment changes dramatically. And that's really one of the other key things about San Francisco is how unique the neighborhoods are, how diverse they are, and how the culinary experience in each one of these neighborhoods is different. You're not going to find a lot of chain restaurants in San Francisco. What you're going to do is find uh, these neighborhoods that have very unique culinary experiences, unique to the culture of that neighborhood and unique to San Francisco. Already got my mouth watering to come out and explore those neighborhoods, especially uh, going to Chinatown and enjoy some of those tacos. I love a good taco. And it's hard to find good tacos in England. So America is definitely ahead of the game there. And it was just on that. It seems like there's so much culture and diversity in San Francisco well, as well, which I didn't really realize how diverse it was. You also have, uh, like I said, a great culture scene. Is there a big art scene? And what can people get out and explore when they're, when they're in the destination? if they're looking for some arts. Absolutely. Um, we're super proud of our uh, arts and culture scene in San Francisco. Um, and it's so diverse. I mean, we have one of the most important um, traditional theater companies like the San Francisco Opera, the San Francisco Symphony, the San Francisco Ballet, which are world-renowned and uh, some of the most important uh, companies in, in, in the world. Um, but also we have a lot of kind of cutting-edge uh, and contemporary arts and culture scene, um, whether it's theater, whether it's music, I mean, so much of the music of the uh, 1960s and 70s, for example, came out of San Francisco, the whole, you know, hippie and beatnik movement that started with so many groups like, um, uh, you know, Santana and all these things, but you can still experience that type of music today. And plus the new music, the contemporary music that's happening in San Francisco is really quite ex exceptional. Um, and also the, the visual arts are stunning. Right now we have this uh, program called the Luminate SF that we run every wintertime. When all these public art um, uh, um, exhibits are illuminated, for example, the largest illuminated public art um, exhibit in the world is the Bay Bridge, the bridge that links the San Francisco to the East Bay, and the entire bridge and the span of the bridge is illuminated, and the lights change constantly on the bridge. It's really quite stunning to see. But we have um, all sorts of light art as part of the buildings in San Francisco, so it's all open to the public, and it's a great thing to do in the winter time. Also, I mentioned the Mission, the, the Latino neighborhood. It's very famous for its murals. There's artists that have been painting murals on walls and buildings and stuff in the Mission District for uh, decades. And it's really something that people come all over the world to come and see and experience the murals. So there's a real um, amazing um, different types of arts and culture. Um, we're also in lockdown right now, but we would be celebrating Chinese New Year's. the largest Chinese New Year's parade outside of China happening right now in San Francisco. So... There's so many things that people can do, so many really cool experiences, street festivals, uh, food festivals, the major events. Um, San Francisco Pride, for example, last uh, a weekend in June is the largest pride in North America. 
uh, with several million people coming to San Francisco. There's all sorts of activities like this, concerts in Golden Gate Park that are free and open to the public. Um, and it really, the, the arts and culture thing is really active, and so much of it is outside too, which is uh, which is wonderful to do. You can really um, benefit from the, the natural beauty surrounding it. Is there a online area where someone can go and see? So do you have a website which highlights all of these events that's going on? Absolutely. So it's very easy. You just go to sftravel.com, like San Francisco, sftravel.com. And on that website, we have all sorts of activities. We have a calendar of events. We have information about neighborhoods to visit. You can actually book your hotels, um, and you can get all sorts of information like that. So it talks about the arts and culture, the culinary scene, Special secrets about San Francisco, things you can do on special holidays, uh, romantic dinners if you want to find, um, all sorts of uh, events and activities you can find, find there. So I really recommend people, if they want to get more information, to go to the website. I mentioned earlier San Francisco is a great gateway uh, to not just California, but even if someone's looking to road trip a little bit further afield and explore the West Coast of America. What does the logistics for visiting to getting to explore San Francisco uh, itself before then going and doing a road trip? So it's, it's very easy. So there's a lot of service um, uh, between uh, the UK and San Francisco, San Francisco International Airport has a, a lot of service from a variety of different airports. And we know once we get through the pandemic, there's going to be a lot more back again. Um, but SFL is kind of the gateway to the West. Um, the flight is very easy. And uh, and once you get here, you can come into the city, you can experience San Francisco in the region, and you can rent a car uh, and get on the road and experience some of the great um, environments nearby. For example, Famous Monterey and Carmel, where you can golf on Pebble Beach. It's only about two hours south of San Francisco. If you go to the east, you have Yosemite National Park and Lake Tahoe. If you go to the north, you have the Redwoods and Napa and Sonoma. And this is all within just a couple of hours drive of, of downtown San Francisco. It's very easy and very accessible. But what a lot of people like to do is that they'll like to fly into San Francisco and then get in a car and drive either north towards uh, Portland and Seattle, or south towards Los Angeles and San Diego. And you do that, you can go down one, the Highway 1, the famous uh, highway on the coast where you pass Big Sur and Hearst Castle and some of those other great places, Santa Barbara. So there's just so much around. And San Francisco really is an incredible gateway to experience really the West. Um, or if you don't want to drive, you can fly into San Francisco. You can fly an hour and be in Las Vegas. You can fly an hour and be in Los Angeles. So there's a lot of options, a lot of opportunities to experience the West using San Francisco as your gateway and San Francisco as your base. So it really is, like you say, the gateway to the West. And even, the, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, the likes of the wine regions, which are very close by. And people can actually stay very local to San Francisco if they wanted to do a little trip where they could maybe spend two or three days to start with in San Francisco, go out and explore beyond, and then come back to then, like, to then fly home. So maybe explore more in and around San Francisco's um, fly drive area. Do you have any recommendations if people are looking to really use San Francisco as a base to get in and out of uh, the West Coast, but then looking to go and explore. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of there's a lot of really great opportunity. And um, mentioning the wine country, it's really one of my very favorite parts of the of the state and really parts of the United States. It's so accessible because you're if you get in a car, leave San Francisco, cross the Golden Gate Bridge, you're literally in the wine country about 35 minutes later. I mean, it's incredible. And you're going to experience some of the great wines of the world, especially of the new world. 
and you're going to find how accessible it is. You can stay, you can literally stay in San Francisco, go to the wine for the day, start to visit several wineries, come back, or you can go up there and stay in some incredible resorts, um, uh, luxurious resorts, a bed and breakfast inns, a regular hotel rooms, whatever you want. It's just super accessible and easy. So really, there's a, a huge amount of options once you fly into SFO and use San Francisco as your base. I mentioned the ability to drive, and I mentioned the ability to fly through short um, halls, but there's also the ability to take trains, which is another great experience um, uh, from San Francisco. The, one of the famous trains that goes from the north of the uh, west coast to the south is all the way from Vancouver, BC, down to San Diego. It's called the Coast Starlight. It comes into San Francisco. You can hop on it in either direction and get a different type of experience from from the United States. Overnight train, you get a you know sleeping car, sleeping apartment, and experience the United States that way and the West Coast that way. So you know the the, the West Coast is, is unique in the United States, and obviously San Francisco is unique because of our culture, because of our history, um, but also because of the the attitude that San Francisco has had for a very long time. It's kind of progressive tolerance um, makes it a great place um, to base and explore the entire region. I really like the idea of getting on the train, um, especially after in going up to Napa, come back into San Francisco, get on the train and head in, head in south or even north. I haven't been up to Portland yet, so it would be great to do, do that on a train journey. I can imagine the views are stunning um, as, as you go through. And on that, I mean, as part of a fly drive, how long would you recommend someone would come out and explore, whether it be how long would they stay in San Francisco and how long do you think they would really need to get out and explore some of those areas? So, you know, if you're coming, um, you know, from where you are, I would really recommend to not make it too short. I think, you know, a week, 10 days, two weeks is an ideal type of trip. Where I would say maybe you start with uh, three days in, in San Francisco, you get acclimated, you deal with your uh, jet lag if you have that, you explore the city, you relax, then you start getting a little bit more active. Um, get up to the wine country or go to the coast, go to the redwoods, uh, go to Yosemite or Lake Tahoe. Um, and then if you want to be more adventurous and, and go further, you can go to, like we talked about before, going down south and going north by car, by train. And then coming back to San Francisco, ending your trip there, and then getting on a plane and going back home. So that's kind of an ideal trip. I would, I would really recommend if you're going to come all the way uh, from the UK here, I would say you come like 10 to 14 days is an ideal length of time. However, we have many people that come here for just a long weekend um, and still have a great time. I like to relax a little bit more. and and take the trip uh, a little bit more leisurely. And um, just talking about, I know um, I forgot to mention, ask earlier with connectivity, we have listeners around the world, so from Australia, Canada, South America, and the Caribbean. Is there great co- uh, connectivity for from those destinations to come into San Francisco? Absolutely. In every single one of those markets, there's, uh, there's great service, nonstop service. You know, obviously during the pandemic, the, the lift has flown um, a bit, and but we're confident as things start to resume, turn back to normal, it's going to go uh, back to where it was before. But there's great connectivity from um, Australia, New Zealand, from Canada, from South America, from really all over the world in the SFO. One of the things that really is important for us in San Francisco is the importance of the international visitor. Um, last uh, uh, full year of 2019, the last normal year, um, international visitors spent about 64% of all spending in San Francisco were by international visitors. So we have the largest share of international visitors in, in all the United States. So obviously, uh, people from around the world love coming to San Francisco. 
And it's really important for us to get that back again and to, to make sure that everybody knows that San Francisco is open to the world and we really welcome people to come back and explore the city. I think there's something, no matter where you're from, no matter what continent, no matter what culture, you're going to find something that's uh, entertaining for you and enjoyable for you in San Francisco. And I really recommend people that not only scratch the surface, not only come in for a day or two, because that's easy to do, but get a little deeper into the city, get a little more understanding of the arts and culture, go to some of the more unique off um, the beaten path uh, uh, places to experience. And there's so many of those things you can find. And that website that I told you about, sftravel.com, can get you a lot more information. But there's so many hidden gems in San Francisco that you're not going to be able to see if you only come for a day or two. You need to experience and really take in a lot more of the city to really have that incredible wealth of, uh, of uh, experience that you're going to for the rest of your life. Uh, does sound that there's so much more to it than just the normal city break. So you really do need to get underneath San Francisco to, to, to find those hidden secrets and really get to know the locals. And what time of year would you recommend visitors come to San Francisco and the neighboring regions? You know, it depends on what you want to do. Um, you know, we're a year-round destination. Um, the climate is very temperate. Uh, honestly, the temperature doesn't change very much from, uh, February to August. Sometimes it's warmer in February than it is in August. So it's very temperate year round. It really depends on the experience you want to have. Um, uh, the summertime, there's uh, a lot of activities, a lot more activities, I would say, for families. Wintertime, you can go skiing short nearby at Lake Tahoe and in Mammoth Mountains. So there's that type of thing. If you want to experience Chinese New Year's, you got to come in February. If you want to experience Pride, you got to come in June. If you want to experience the incredible uh, Christmas holiday season with all the shopping and lights and, and festivals like that, you're going to be in December. So I would really find it depends on what you want to experience, but San Francisco is definitely a year-round destination, as is all of California. The winter activities are just as popular as the summer activities. And, um, you know, maybe 30 years ago, we had high seasons and low seasons, but San Francisco is pretty much always uh, equal in terms of when visitors come and what experience they find. So we're definitely not a seasonal destination. We have seasons, but the um, the temperature is very um, moderate, and so people enjoy it year-round. And again, I suppose, like you mentioned earlier, sftravel.com is a great place to start. If you're not too sure, if you're quite open of what time of year to travel, but you really want to experience something, use that as a tool to see what's going on and then plan your travels around that. So I definitely recommend it. I've, I've been on there uh, doing some research for, before this podcast and found it an amazing and useful tool. So do make sure you check out sftravel.com. And we mentioned we're, we're in lockdown here in the UK. You've got a little bit of lockdown out in San Francisco. Uh, how is San Francisco and San Francisco Airport um, going to be ready for international travel? Is there any sort of programs in place? Oh, yeah, there are lots of programs in place. You know, San Francisco has taken the whole pandemic quite seriously. We were one of the first cities in the United States to go into lockdown um, a year ago. And we've also had one of the lowest infection rates in, in, uh, of COVID in the entire country. So we're very proud of being very proactive. SFO was very was right there at the very beginning. It had um, in-airport testing. Um, they had the cleaning procedures. And um, and it's very safe. So International uh, Lift has been continuing to come into SFO and it's continuing to grow. And we're very, very confident that with all the protocols that the SFO has, it's more than ready to uh, accept the visitors back, especially the leisure visitors coming back in, and um, and uh, ready for all visitors. So are our hotels, 
so are our attractions. Um, we were very, very focused on making sure that we take the experience in San Francisco during the pandemic as possible because we knew that people wanted to have a positive experience and wanted to feel safe. So we took it very seriously across the board. The mayor was very focused on this. And we're very proud of the outcome. We're very proud of, of how San Francisco has responded, how the people have responded in San Francisco, and how the experience has been a positive one. So, you know, SFO is a very unique airport. It's the first airport in the United States to have yoga rooms. So if you have a connecting flight and you want to chill out a little bit, you can you can go to the yoga rooms. It also has um, uh, some great restaurants, uh, regional restaurants, farm-to-table food, um, where you can experience the, the, the cuisine and the wines. Of, of Northern California there at San Francisco. It also has um, uh, the only certified museum of any airport in the United States. So if you got a little time before your flight, you can go to the museum and sometimes there's exhibits of flight attendant costumes over the years or airplane parts or, or um, all sorts of aviation history in the museum at SFO. And they also take that um, uh, museum experience throughout the terminals and have changing exhibits in all the terminals, which is really a fun thing to do when you are um, when you have the time and going to the airport. The whole goal at SFO is to make flying stress free as possible because a lot of people, you know, it's coming and going to have a lot of stress flying. So the, the focus at SFO is to make it stress free. So hence the yoga rooms. They also have what we call these animal brigades, where they're um, animals that range from dogs to actually a pig that um, comes around the airport and you can pet them and touch them because animals really kind of connect with people. And it's a way of making people feel comfortable and, and more relaxed and at ease. And, and San Francisco is really kind of that kind of destination where we want people to be chill. We want people to just kind of lay back and have a good time and relax. And once you start when you land at SFO, you get to feel that immediately um, as you land at SFO and come into the city. It sounds an amazing experience uh, at the airport and even for leaving because I know a lot of people get annoyed oh, I've got to go home now whereas actually this journey going through to get onto your flight is such a great one being either you could do some yoga before your flight you could get to see either the pigs and 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 play with some of the animals but you've also got the arts and and the scenes so you, it's more of an experience and it's just an an additional add-on to your journey um, so a really nice send off uh, if you're when you when you're returning home. Absolutely, yes. it's, it's one experience. You have a positive experience on your trip and have a bad experience at the airport, and it's kind of ruins your whole you know memory of that trip. So that's what I was really gone out of the way to make sure that that ex- arrival and departure experience is as positive as your experience. I need to just fly through San Francisco Airport. I mean, to, to visit San Francisco, obviously, but also to experience the San Francisco Airport. I'm after normally I. I try and get back to the airport quite late but i think i'd have to make sure i got there at least three hours beforehand to be really get to experience experience the airport and what it has to offer and before we start to to wrap up um this episode on san francisco i just wanted to ask uh, yourself obviously as we mentioned there's so much there's lots of hidden gems of san francisco there's so much art and culture and events that go on year round and you've also got then so many places locally to go and explore from the redwoods to the wine region and you know, you jump on the train and go up to San Francisco, uh, up to um, Seattle, or down to San Diego. What would be three of your must dos? I'm putting you on the spot here, Joe. So you, know, you can do more than three if you want, um, or, or recommendations. Not, but when someone comes, you're like this. If you if you are only staying with us for two, uh, three or three days, 
make sure you go and experience this, whether it be a neighborhood um, or uh, an activity? So when I get out on the water, um, getting out in the bay is really phenomenal. So there are lots of ways to assess it, uh, lots of cruises that go around the bay. Um, if you're going to Alcatraz, for example, you're going to be on a, on a ship. Um, I would really recommend getting out of the water going underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. It is a chilling experience. It's one you'll never forget. The views of the city are stunning. Looking up at the bridge is really just out of this world. Um, so that's something I definitely do, get on the water. Number two, I'd walk. I'd, um, if you're able to, I really recommend walking the city, going through the diverse neighborhoods, um, and getting into the culture of the city and the personality of the city. Um, as I said earlier, every neighborhood is very different. And whether you're going to the Castro and exploring the LGBTQ history, whether you're going to the Mission Latino culture, there's just so much diversity in the neighborhoods. And the only really way to get to understand San Francisco and the DNA of San Francisco that makes it so unique is to experience our neighborhoods. I think that that is really something that you should really focus on. And I think the third uh, thing that I would really recommend is, and we talked about this, but I think it's really one of the great experiences in San Francisco, is to really make sure you're spending time in the corners. Um, we have the ferry building, which is the, um, where the ferries come in, where you take a ferry to go to Sausalito or a lot of communities around the bay. It's also a food uh, emporium where there's all sorts of great restaurants and butcher shops and places to buy mushrooms and places to get ice cream and, and you name it. It's just kind of the intro to San Francisco's culinary experience. And whether you want to get a taco, whether you want to get a burrito, whether you want to go to the, the three-star Michelin restaurant, you really want to uh, taste your way through San Francisco. I think it's one of the things that people from around the world come, experience, and never forget. And I think those three things are really kind of my highlights that I really would make sure that you spend the time to focus on. And before you come, learn a little bit about the history. Learn a bit about why San Francisco is so different than the rest of the United States. Why our culture and our history is so unique and so tolerant. And, and why we brought so many different cultures into San Francisco. And people came into San Francisco because they felt like couldn't um, be comfortable where they were before. And from the very beginning of the city, that's kind of how it was established. And it's created this a very unique creative entrepreneurial thing that gave birth to the high-tech movement and and, uh, and social media and all this kind of stuff just because we have a different attitude and so learn a little bit about that and then get in and experience it and and, and take it all in because you'll never forget that that uh, trip to san francisco it sounds so diverse and so much to really get in your teeth into in a way being able to explore and walkable cities are, is one of my favorite things to do so thank you very much joe for coming on and sharing so many great opportunities of visitors what they can do when they're when they come and visit san francisco but also how they can potentially twin it or or do a fly drive or a train journey um, and explore some of the surrounding areas but you've certainly opened up my eyes to how diverse san francisco is i didn't know how well, I knew it had good culture, but I didn't know how much culture there was there, and especially the food scene. I'm a big foodie, and to know how much food there is in the farm-to-table story is, is massive. So I just want to say a big thank you for, for coming on the episode today. And for all the listeners, do make sure you go and check out sftravel.com, where you can really get to explore San Francisco, a little bit more of what we've talked about with Joe and what Joe's explained um, from uh, planning your own trips, from activities, what you can do year around and also getting to know the culture and history of san francisco so thank you all for listening 